0: hello everyone and welcome into the cabling podcast i'm here today with rob smallwood vice president of digital modernization at uh gdit and uh shwai pojosh a director for advanced wireless at gdit gdit is a uh division of uh general dynamics uh aerospace and defense contractor who is uh, involved uh, now in a technology uh, coalition um, with uh, Cisco and AWS, among others, uh, uh, for uh, the acceleration of uh, 5G and edge uh, technology. Is that a fair uh, way to characterize it?
1: Yes, yeah, yes it is.
0: Great, so we ran uh, this week uh, and featured in our newsletter and featured in our newsletter, a uh, story on on uh, the GDIT five uh, G and Edge Accelerator Coalition. So uh, let's just go right into my uh, questions. Uh, what's the background on the development of uh, uh, the GDIT coalition, and is GDIT how uh, how we're referring to it, or <laughs>
1: actually uh, we refer to it as GDIT General Dynamics Information Technology? <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, <laughs> So it start. You know, our five G journey started over three years ago, right? And first, we're trying to figure out what is our perspective, what is our position in the five G market. Obviously, GdIT is a service company. We aren't going to make five G products that we would sell on the market. But uh, you know, from early stages, we were working with folks like Cisco and Dell and some of our other coalition members to try and help define what our position was in the market, as well as you know, what what is the, you know, is there a reality around this? Is it just a buzzword? Is, is it real? <laughs> and if it's real, how can we better enable our customers to take advantage of it? Uh, and I think one thing GDIT has always done is we've looked at it from a holistic position, right? We look at it from not just providing 5G. Nobody's buying 5G for the sake of having 5G there, right? They're trying to satisfy some mission accomplishment, which means we have to consider all the way from the edge devices and applications running at the edge, all the way back through the radio network, back through the 5G core and and into the rest of the enterprise, right? So it became clear to us early on that we needed to have vendors collaborate with us with specialties and expertise in each of these different areas, which is where we came up with the, the coalition. And yes, there is some overlap, but for the most part, we've everybody has their swim lane and, and has their expertise that they bring to the coalition.
0: Okay. Now, one uh, thing that was uh, pointed out in the uh, press release for uh, GDIT was this uh, advanced wireless uh, eMERGE uh, laboratory. Can you explain a little bit about uh, the uh, functioning of that lab and how it uh, uh, works
2: for the coalition? Sure, I can take that, Rob, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, thank you. So so the, the, the lab that we are, have- that we uh, have built, the purpose, one of the major purposes is really to check out the technology, evaluate the technology, evaluate the vendors, the performance of a network that comes in and and, and the equipment. The other piece that is uh, the second part that is also just as important is integrating those, those networks together. So if we look at uh, 5G, unlike previous generations of uh, telecom. It is an open technology and you can place the computation platform very far in the cloud or very close to uh, the environment where the user is at the edge. What are the differences? How does it perform? So that's the second piece of it. How how does, you know, which piece of the architecture really performs? The third piece, which to me is, is the most important one is what is this 5G network used for? What are the applications? And really using the lab as the conduit to have a conversation with a customer and really co-author a solution with a customer as opposed to providing that uh, based on requirements or, or, or uh, just the documentation. So hands-on solutioning with the customer to have the solution available, have it deployed prior to going to the customer, adjusted prior to deployment. And and, and that really is, to me, one of the major benefits of this. uh, Yeah.
1: And and the one thing I'd add to that, Schwab, is that, you know, most of our coalition partners are either represented in the lab or are... Currently we're working with them to bring their capabilities into lab which enables us to actually test out the integration between the different solutions and pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, So that when we go to a customer, (laughs) we know that things are going to work the way that we we expect them to work.
0: Understood. so uh, kind of a two-part question here, uh, what's the roadmap for the rollout of uh, any uh, technology solutions being developed by the GDIT coalition and will the coalition be involved uh, or to what degree will it be involved uh, specifically in the physical deployment, installation, maintenance, and uh, monitoring of uh, these uh, technologies?
1: So by I can take a first cut at that one and maybe okay. pass it to you for Sure, I, I think one from a roadmap perspective, uh, our main focus has been where we've seen uh, the most pipeline interest right now, right? So that's around uh, developing AR, VR type capabilities to to do things like uh, remote maintenance or training, right? We see that in the market, and that's one one area that we've been uh, working to flesh out and develop our capabilities in the lab with that. Uh, Another one is logistics. Uh, We're working with uh, some government customers to figure out how they can leverage 5G within their large operational type facilities, as well as some of their remote locations to uh, uh, do various things with the 5G network. So outfitting vehicles potentially uh, streamlining their, their logistics and warehouse type capabilities Uh, I think another one is preventive maintenance another one that where you have sensors on the vehicles and they tie in through 5g and tell you all good things about the different health of the vehicles Um, and obviously there's a whole slew of defense type capabilities actually defense, you know they have some a lot of the AR VR capabilities but how does that fit into their JADC2 initiative how does uh, how does it help them advance their training mission, right? So, trying to give a real life simulation, of what's going, what soldiers are going to have to deal with in an actual altercation, right? And giving them the look and feel of what that's going to be. Uh, and five G with its increased bandwidth and low latency helps provide a better capability in those simulations. Uh, Do you want to add anything to that or take Uh, a second the question? No,
2: thank you, Rob. You covered all. The only thing that I'd like to add is we are between the network and the application is the capabilities. So if we look at AR, VR, we're not going to be developing that for one purpose. Uh, Instead, we're going to provide that capability that will feed into different verticals, different applications, and different customers. So that's going to be our focus as well. Besides the network and application, somewhere in the middle where the two can be glued together and can have multiple usage.
1: And if you could repeat the second part of your question there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Will the coalition or the coalition members, uh, to what degree will they be involved in the uh, actual physical deployment uh, installation of uh, of the technologies uh, developed by the coalition?
1: It, it's going kind to of vary actually depending on the actual use case for satisfying as well as the expertise of the different vendors. Uh, for example, someone like Cisco, they bring their 5G core capability as a uh, mostly like a managed service that would fit into our, the service that we provide, whether it's through a managed service type model or, or otherwise. Uh, so they would take a large part of getting that implemented and integrated with the rest of, uh, what we have going on. Uh, somebody like T-Mobile with the spectrum, depending on what level of involvement T-Mobile has, if it's just spectrum, then they wouldn't have as much, uh, involvement necessarily. And, and the, deployment and maintenance, but if they have a bigger play, for example, in some of our macro use cases, like for large smart city type use cases, where they're probably the primary vendor that we're going to work with in those cases, they would have a larger stake in that, especially when it comes to towers and, and some of the other infrastructure that might need to be built uh, related to that. and that's why I'll pass
0: that back to you. No,
2: I'm, uh, Rob, yeah. You covered everything that I wanted to say. I just want to make sure I'm not missing something. Yes, thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the involvement of uh, big companies like Cisco and uh, AWS, who uh, we uh, cover all the time, uh, that uh, really uh, spurred my uh, interest uh, in this story. Um, in terms of uh, AWS, are they, uh, safe bet to say, going to be providing the... Uh, the data center oomph uh, um, uh, in terms of in- infrastructure, or uh, how how is uh, AWS uh, factoring into this?
1: Well, I, I think the primary one is acting as that as that you know cloud provider, right? But yeah. they also have a number of edge type solutions that uh, we're actually working with them currently to get in our lab and integrated. and And how does that integrate back to? Because any solution, it may need to go back to a cloud solution, but sometimes it may have to go back to a data center, right, or traverse or both. So we try to look at it from that perspective. But Amazon, definitely the cloud perspective, but they also have some edge devices that we're bringing into the lab that fit into some of the use cases we're pursuing. And uh, going back to, to, Yeah, go ahead, Schwab.
2: Yeah, sorry. Going back to the requirements, one of the reasons we are having a lab Uh, We would be looking at the performance of an application, be in the cloud or at the edge. There are applications that they might be just fine being in the cloud if latency is not an issue. uh, And if it's heavy lifting that it requires data center presence, we're going to put it at uh, at, at the cloud somewhere close. Or if it is something that latency is extremely important, we'll be putting it very close to the user at the edge. So we have both of those capabilities, we will have both capabilities capabilities, leveraging AWS products, be cloud or edge uh, at the lab.
0: Understood. And and speaking about that uh, edge uh, location, uh, I know the uh, press release uh, noted that uh, Dell uh, will be uh, providing uh, some of the AI and uh, sensor uh, technology. Um, I'm assuming that's uh, hardware. So so it's
1: mostly hardware, but, They'll also, they work with a large, a vast number of other vendors that, you know, they have capabilities that they bring into the various solutions depending on the use case. So they have a large vendor partnership that we are gonna lean on them to kind of bring some of those edge, uh, intelligent edge devices and applications into the various solutions that we're we're putting in place. Uh, I would say, um, you know, they're primarily hardware. And I think a number of our vendors have similar vendor partnerships. But when especially the closer, closer to the edge you're you're trying to get to, there's a greatly increased number of vendors that play in that space. And a great it, it, these kind of have their specialties, right? So depending on that, you have to have to be able to work across a large number of those. And we, you know, somebody like Adele has a much better more robust supply chain type mechanism to, to really flesh out and make sure that these vendors meet the stringent requirement that the requirements that our government customers have, right? So uh, it's definitely a plus there to have them kind of leverage their expertise working with these vendors from that perspective.
0: And uh, with uh, cable installation and maintenance, uh, one uh, big uh, part of our audience is uh, contracting uh, companies. Uh, a lot of them uh, work on uh, government uh, contracts. Uh, will the uh, fruits of uh, the technology uh, development of this coalition be uh, filtering down to, uh, you know, government uh, ICT contracting organizations, or is it more like there'll be a so? You know, a select group of contractors who will be working uh, in uh, deploying these technologies, or or will the deployment be coming uh, from the coalition members mostly? That's right.
2: Yeah, thank you. The deployment depends on on what the customer needs are. they They vary from very small installation to massive multi-campus, multi-base um, um, deployment. We want to rely on our our OEMs, obviously, in in some cases, as uh, Rob mentioned, if it is Cisco, for example, where things are provided as a service, then we will have a different model. If it's something that we end up deploying ourselves, then we'll go and either go back to our our list of vendors that we have worked with in the past, or again, rely on our uh, vendors and other OEMs to partner and identify the right... Uh, the right uh, teams to to partner with us. 5G is very young. Uh, 5G is very complicated. It looks small and compact, but in reality, it it has a lot of complications that even installation might be a challenge. We saw that in installing our labs. So we know what it takes. Um, So when we go out there, we will Majority of our reliance is going to be initially at the minimum. Deployment will be done by by our partners.
1: Yeah, and I think to the complexity point you pointed out there, Schwab, you know that was one of the main things we found in the recent research report that we that we did. There's there's a number of challenges that uh, these agencies see as you know they need to address in order to be successful in their 5G journey, but they all rank fairly high from a percentage perspective. You would think that some would be like minimal, but they were all fairly ranked high. So it just goes to show, show you that, that there is a great deal of complexity in, uh, around putting a holistic solution in place.
0: Yeah, yeah I think uh, I read uh, in, in those uh, research uh, results that um, two other uh, factors that were cited uh, were uh, supply chain and uh, Cybersecurity, uh, briefly, can you touch on those two uh, areas and how the uh, coalition can uh, alleviate uh, concerns in them?
1: Sure. I, I kind of touched on supply chain a little bit a minute ago in the Dell conversation. You know, they have, and GDIT has our, our supply chain pieces, but we're not, for the most part, bringing these products in. We're leveraging the vendors to kind of make these connections. And we have, we have other vendors that we work with outside the coalition too, so uh, I won't won't go into those at the moment. But uh, we try to validate supply chains. We don't want we don't want things coming from adversarial countries, for example. Especially when you look at the large number of IoT devices that you might want to leverage in a solution. So it really restricts the vendors that you can actually work with. A lot of our customers only want to leverage uh, U.S. based work with U.S.-based companies, for example, and working with the Dells and some of our coalition partners, it became obvious that even though it may be a U.S.-based company, there may be some piece (laughs) that's actually coming from somewhere else or a piece of code that's coming from somewhere else that introduces a risk that you wouldn't realize just by looking at a a government-owned company, a government uh, U.S.-based company. So I think from a supply chain perspective, that that's where the, the expertise of companies like Dell and Cisco and T-Mobile. I mean, they've been they've got very robust supply chain mechanisms in place to make sure. I mean, from a, then talking about the cyber perspective, uh, and I'm certainly not the cyber expert here, but you know, Mist uh, and their their. Uh, Cybersecurity Center of Excellence that they stood up, working with various partners. You know, they're fleshing out some of the the nuances around five G because it obviously expands the perimeter all the way out to those IoT devices and applications running at the edge. Uh, so things like identity and supply chain and and uh, leading leading indicator type monitoring. Uh, as well as integration with the zero trust architecture become very critical in those type of things. And, you know, having partners with us like Cisco and Dell and T-Mobile that have participated with NIST and developing these standards really kind of helps us make sure that uh, we don't want to take security and think about it at the end of it, right? We're trying to think about it as we craft these solutions from the very beginning, because uh, otherwise it ends up being bolted on and, and not not as effective or efficient uh, as we want. And, uh, security is paramount to every one of our customer missions nowadays. So.
0: Well, uh, I want to thank you again for taking some time with us. I can tell you that uh, 5G and Edge is something that we have uh, strived uh, to cover ever since uh, it started uh, appearing in uh, the technology uh, segments that uh, we cover. So, um, and I think I saw another uh, press press release uh, from GDIT uh, not too long ago uh, come across my uh, inbox uh, transom so I really look forward to uh, continuing uh, to uh, follow uh, GDIT and uh, uh, learning about um, how uh, the coalition is uh, going about uh, the development of uh, these technologies because uh, You know, and I think maybe you touched on this at the very beginning of uh, the talk here for uh, all the, uh, you know, ink that has been uh, spent on, uh, you know, 5G and Edge as uh, buzzwords uh, with, uh, you know, the rise of IoT and uh, stuff like this. Uh, I just think we're going to be covering it uh, for a long time and, um, you know, I'm uh, covering uh, the... uh, technology uh, innovations uh, in uh, that area is uh, something uh, that we're definitely uh, looking to do. And it seems like uh, GDIT is going to be uh, at the forefront uh, now of uh, all of that with uh, Cisco and and the other uh, members. Uh, Is there anything that we haven't talked about or that I haven't uh, asked uh, that uh, we should cover before we wrap up here?
1: Well, I I think one thing, uh, going back to the coalition a moment, I mean, and kind of from our research, right? Our customer base comes at it from two different perspectives, right? You have folks like on the defense side that really understand where they wanna leverage 5G. They may may need help and expertise on how to actually provide it, but they really have a crafted understanding of what they wanna use 5G for. Uh, There's other agencies on the other hand, that kind of think that 5G might apply and so, From a coalition perspective, we're not only trying to put the solutions in place, but we're also trying to get with these customers to kind of help them shape where 5G might be applicable in their environments, or in some cases where it isn't. I've had conversations with customers that wanted to implement 5G for specific use cases, but The specific use case they had could be satisfied from, you know, upgrading their Wi-Fi, for example, and not not sink the cost of a a robust 5G solution to to satisfy the use case that they had. I I think the other thing uh, that kind of came out of the research survey is that, you know, one of the recommendations we have for customers is really to think about those big rock use cases they think 5G might be, Uh, leverage for in their environments rather than taking it from let me stand up 5G and then figure out what I'm going to use it for. Really kind of have a general idea of what types of use cases you want to leverage it because that's really going to factor into how you deploy a 5G solution. What do you put in place, right? Are the use cases you have, do they really rely on low latency, for example, because in those cases there may be a different solution that we put in place or are they mostly focused on high bandwidth type uh, uh, use cases, which has a different kind of set of vendors or different set of how we would configure things, right? So when we try to tell customers to really think about the use cases where they think uh, 5G may be applicable. And if they're not sure, we're happy to talk to them and uh, you know help them craft that. And that's one of the big focus areas for the coalition too, is to help our customers uh, figure out where 5G may or may not apply in their environments.
2: Uh, Just piggybacking on what Rob said, what we saw last year or previous to today, there was a lot of interest on pure connectivity. Just forgive us a 5G network, we'll figure things out later. And that transition into, okay, now now that we have a network, how about AR? What about VR? What about flight line in the future? Where are all these other applications? And we see that progression. And as, as this train moves, we see newcomers that really want to go back to, hey, give me connectivity, and we'll figure things out later. So it's almost the the stories repeating, and what is satisfying to see is the the, the the networks that were deployed now, the users are really asking. For really great questions about the network, and not just the network, the net, the network as it relates to the application that we need. I had one, I interacted with one of our customers uh, who has great knowledge of 5G. We talked about the network, we talked about connectivity, we talked about um, the requirements that they really need. What is the ultimate goal that this customer had? There was a lot of, um, uh, low latency applications and requirements that this, this customer had, mainly video related and um, AR related. But then at the end he said, but make sure that my 2G and 3G devices are backward compatible to this 5G network, just because I do not wanna invest on, on, on upgrading things that are already functioning today. And it's it's really great to hear that that some of our customers know exactly what they want, and they also know the not just the challenges, but the capabilities of five G. That in fact you can connect to a very old uh, technology. That that is possible. So that was really one of the one of the fun conversations I had with with a customer. Uh,
0: great insights and uh, really uh, applicable insights. I think are uh, coming from the cutting edge. Uh, you know, government arena. I think it can be, uh, you know, uh, commercial deployers of five uh, G and edge uh, stand uh, to learn something from uh, observing this. So I want to thank you both uh, again from GDIT, five uh, G and edge uh, technology accelerator uh, coalition for sitting down here with us on the Caveland podcast.
1: Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. Pleasure.
0: Bye now. bye Bye.